Welcome to today's edition of the Blazing Grace Show with Jason Graves and Mike Janung. Blazing Grace covers blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Here are your hosts, Jason and Mike. Women keeping secrets. My goodness, is there such a thing? We are delighted to have you back with us on the Blazing Grace Show. This is Jason Graves, along with our substitute substitute producer, Mike, in the studio here today, <laughs> pressing the buttons, with a great new guest here, the first time debuting on the Blazing Grace Show. Welcome, Tammy Maltby. Hey, Hello, Tammy. Hey, great to be with you. Tammy, it's good to have you, and we're going to give our, uh, our listeners a little introduction to you. Tammy is a speaker, author... Bible teacher and co-host of the four-time Emmy-nominated TV talk show of the year, uh, Aspiring Women. Yes, and aspiring yes. to what we're not sure. Yeah. <laughs> She's also the mother of four teenagers. Yes. My goodness. And That's, surviving. Uh, yeah. That, you, know, you just got everybody's attention, uh, and uh, two of whom are internationally adopted. Yes. And so thank you for being with us, sister. Thanks. And we are, Thanks, we're going to talk about Jason. your new book here. Uh, Tammy has just written... Confessions of a Good Christian Girl, The Secrets Women Keep, and the Grace That Saves mm-hmm. Them. And, you know, Tammy, we have got many listeners out there mm-hmm. who are wives of sex addicts, right? Um, who are dealing with their own sexual brokenness, right? all of which has been, at one point or another in their life, a secret. Right. And as you know, we're a Christian show, so most of these folks in our listenership are believers. So, I, you know, this book is very relevant. Why don't you tell us first, before we go into your story, a little bit about why did you want to write a book like this? Mm-hmm. Why did I want to reveal so many secrets? Yeah. What is wrong with me? Right. <laughs> or what is right? Um, you know, I appreciate that. And I, I look at the lives of women. I've been interviewing women for about 10 years mm-hmm. on Aspiring Women. I've been listening to the stories of women's lives, and they're very compelling. Mm-hmm. And these are Christian women's lives. These are women who knew the Lord, loved the Lord, and yet life really pressed in. Mm -hmm. And um, I talk a lot about in confessions, when we've been sinned against, we often find ourselves sinning in response to the sin done against us. And, and, And that cycle is so incredibly compelling in the life of a Christian person. Mm -hmm. There's a story that I began the book with um, of a little girl and she goes out to play in the forest and it's beautiful and she's free and, having a wonderful time, and all of a sudden the sun starts to set, and she realizes it's time to find her way back home Mm -hmm. to a place of safety, to a place where her parents are, to Mm -hmm. a place that's familiar to Mm -hmm. her. And as she starts to search for her way back home, she realizes she's lost. Mm -hmm. And the harder she tries to find her way back home, the more she falls and trips and scrapes her knees and her arms, She becomes desperate as it gets colder and darker to get back to the place that's safe to her. And in her desperation, she falls down on a rock in the middle as it's getting dark and sobs, cries, falls, uh, and falls asleep. In the meantime, her father and her family discover she's missing. Mm -hmm. And so they reach out to their neighbors, their strangers, friends, anybody to come help find their precious daughter. Mm -hmm. And as the night gets colder and darker, everyone leaves discouraged, everyone but the father. Mm -hmm. The father continues to search and persevere and because he realizes that she's more in danger than she even realizes Mm -hmm. herself. Mm As the sun comes up the next morning, he looks off into the distance and he sees his little girl. 
And he starts calling out her name, running as fast as he can to her. And with tears running down this little girl's face, she stands up, she throws her arms around her daddy, and she says, Oh, daddy, I found you. That's the reality of who we are as Christian women. We think when we're lost and broken, when we're far from a safe place, that we're looking for God. Mm -hmm. And the reality is he has been searching for us all along. And for good Christian girls that have done it right, or we believe if we do it right, Mm -hmm. we should have a good result from life. When we have lost our way, when we have found that our hearts are broken, our dreams have become disappointments in our lives, that our Father continues to search for us. Mm-hmm. See, we've been saved as Christian women. Mm-hmm. We have been saved, but we think we're never going to get lost again. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't think we're ever going to deal with the fallout of sin again, mm-hmm. sin done against us and our own personal choice to that mm-hmm. sin, mm-hmm. that we need to be rescued over and over again. Yeah, there's a sanctification process absolutely. after the salvation process, right? And Absolutely, mm-hmm. and that God allows suffering mm-hmm. in our lives for that sanctification process. Mm-hmm. But as a good Christian girl, I grew up in a good Christian family, went to a good Christian mm-hmm. church, and uh, yet I found myself in my own form of brokenness. Mm-hmm. I found myself um, choosing things that ultimately caused huge desperation in my life. Right. right. And isn't it interesting how, you know, you talk about safe and familiar. Yeah. And oftentimes those safe and familiar things are the things that we're running to, but yet they're not really offering the safety that God can offer. There's an illusion there. Right. And that's where we sometimes get ourselves in trouble, isn't it? Well, yeah. In fact, one of the chapters I talk about is a whole chapter on addictions. And, you know, we think of addictions in the Christian church that you can't be an addict and be a Christian. I mean, we know that, right? Hmm. <laughs> We're taught that. We're right. taught that somehow we don't have to deal with the consequences of sin on planet Earth. Right. But if that were true, that if, if we did not continue to struggle with addictions, it is a lie to believe then that the Word of God says, as Apostle Paul in Romans 7, why, why, why mm-hmm. do I continue to fight against my flesh? Yeah. Why is it I do the very things I don't want to do? Right. Why is it when I know what to do is right, mm-hmm. I keep doing what's wrong? Mm-hmm. But thanks be to God. Yeah. There is no condemnation. He himself is our Savior. He will rescue us. Right. He will forgive us. He will pull us out of that pit. But we have believed that healing in the body of Christ is an instantaneous thing. Right. Healing is a process. Well, yeah, and people don't understand the role that suffering right? and pain and making mistakes play in that sanctification process. And I think it's Romans eleven thirty two. it says, you know, for God has bound us all, all men, over to sin for a time. Mm. Why? That we may know his mercy. Oh, you know, God wants to show us yes, he mercy. Does. But if he doesn't allow us, allow mm. us, give us the freedom to make mistakes and sort of you know, go our own way, mm-hmm. then how can he really show us the mercy? Mm-hmm. It's very true. And intimacy with God, how can we long for running back to mm-hmm. a father mm-hmm. Unless we trust that Father. 
unless we know who he is. If we feel that God is going to beat us up when we come back, Mm -hmm. when we've made mistakes, when we have sinned, Mm -hmm. if we feel that the Father God is waiting there to condemn us, waiting to destroy us, waiting to show us how inadequate we are, Mm -hmm. we'll never come back. No, we won't. And isn't that just the broken image of God? It is. I mean, we have got these things that have happened to us as children or young adults where people have wanted to shame us. People have wanted to keep us sort of in this perfectionistic trap. Right. That's just a shame based way of living anyways. And then, you know, when we come back and they have sort of put us down, but God doesn't do that. Instead, he, he gives grace. He gives mercy. Now Mm -hmm. you talked about being destroyed and I know you know something about this because Mm -hmm. your life was almost destroyed. And I know You've got a real powerful t- testimony that some people in this recovery community of, of sexual addiction recovery can relate to when it comes to suicide. Right. And so, why don't you talk a little bit about how you were almost destroyed at your, you know, at your own hand? Right. Well, absolutely, I was almost destroyed. But the reality of why I was almost destroyed was that I had believed the illusion that what was on the outside and how I presented myself to the world mm-hmm. was more important than the reality of what was happening in my own heart. Right. I was I was seeing things in my own heart, in my own marriage, in my own life mm-hmm. that were devastating. Right. And yet because of my own fear and my inadequacy, my fear of man, what men mm-hmm. would think, men and women would think of me, mm-hmm. I kept this illusion up that everything was zipped up, everything was fine. You know, I was teaching Bible studies. I was speaking to hundreds of thousands of women a year and talking about victory in Jesus. And I was dying on the inside because I was so afraid that if I revealed what was really happening inside my heart, Mm -hmm. if I talked about the depression, if I talked about the sin done against me, if Mm -hmm. I talked about my own sin, my own sinful choices Mm -hmm. to that sin, that I would be judged. Mm -hmm. And the reality is the reason we're afraid of being judged is because we have been judged. And the church, generally speaking, unfortunately, shouldn't be this way, but it is. Mm -hmm. Most people that have deep issues of depression, uh, mental illness, suicide, Mm -hmm. um, sexual addiction, um, uh, sexual deviancies, let's say, any of those taboo things in the church, the church is the last place people come to share their brokenness because they have been judged. They have been misunderstood. And so what they do then is they become more isolated. They go into a darker and darker place, believing that if it just looks good on the outside, Yep. Somehow it's good on the inside. Looking good. We got to look good. We got to look good. Keep up appearances. Well, we got to look good for Jesus. Yeah. We actually believe that we're making God look good. We we think that yeah. somehow God's reputation is our obligation. On, yeah, our our image. Absolutely. Right? Exactly. That, that somehow God is less if we're less. If we're, our sin somehow makes God look bad. The reality mm-hmm. is our sin makes God look like God. So basically what you're doing here is you, you, you've come to grips with the fact that you had to be known or die, right. basically. And oh, that's the completely. message. And that is, isn't that the message? You, know, you talk about, uh, you use uh, Stephen Arterburn's Healing as a Choice book. And you know one of his healing choices is to make the choice 
to put your life in the light, you know, make yes. the choice to investigate your life, you know, make the choice to have your life be accountable yes. to others. Yeah. But you have to be willing to get past the enemy that wants to condemn you. Yeah. You know, he wants to destroy and that yes. part of the way he does that with Christians is he keeps us condemned yes. and, and in fear in that yes. state of fear. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm proud of you Tammy. I'm, I'm very thankful that you know you've got that. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I had to get that. I I can relate with you so much about. I remember um my whole 6th grade year everybody called me Gay J. Well, mm-hmm. you know, that was really fun for me. Right, <laughs> I well, imagine. as a result, you know, I couldn't tell people right. that you know I was struggling with these right. same gender attractions because right. why like you said uh, it, you had been sinned against yeah. and as a result along, yes yep, you you bet exactly I was selfish with my story mm-hmm. and that was a sin reaction right now I know you've been sinned against but you know you're choosing every day now to really look at that and examine that mm-hmm. what's that like and and what other things out there are keeping women from really putting their truth out there in the light? Again, I think it's the understanding of who God is and mm-hmm. how He longs to rescue us. Mm-hmm. That He does not have an image of us as somehow we have something to make, to offer God to look good. Right. That our sin makes Him less. Mm-hmm. Our sin is why He came. He entered our world. Right. And I think as as godly people we need to enter the lives of other people we need mm-hmm. to enter their world their reality their pain mm-hmm. and and yet what we do as a church is we say come to us mm-hmm. come to our church come believe the way we do do not reveal brokenness in your mm-hmm. life yeah. make us look good mm-hmm. so we've got the testimony mm-hmm. And and yet the reality is the testimony is a test. You right. don't have a testimony mm-hmm. until you've had a test. Mm-hmm. And when you've really been tested and you're willing to be authentic about the reality that mm-hmm. even in the pit, mm-hmm. that whether it's your choice or someone else's choice, you find yourself in a pit. Right. Whether you're married to a sex addict and you're mm-hmm. angry and, and you've done it right, you've walked a pure life, and all of a sudden you find yourself in a marriage with a man that has violated mm-hmm. every ounce of trust in you right. in, in that relationship. You may, may feel victimized by that. Mm-hmm. You, too, have to deal with your own personal reality right. of your sin yep. and your brokenness. Mm-hmm. But as a church and, and entering into broken people's lives, we have to say, you know, enter their world, enter the place of their pain. That's when we become like Christ. Right. That's when we're uh, his hands, his feet. You know, recently I was at the grocery store um this is such a great story with my four kids. And as you said, I have four teenagers. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can Bow down and call me blessed. Yeah, Let me right, tell you, right. I'm still, credibility I'm still there. surviving. <laughs> Let me tell you. But um, my kids are great, and I was taking them out to dinner one night, and so they were all with me, which is unusual because mm-hmm. once they get a car, right. you never see them yeah, again. Yeah. And so um, my girls are 19. My son Samuel is 16. My youngest mm-hmm. is 14. And um, we went to this grocery store, and as I'm standing in line, there's this woman and she's probably about 19 years old she's got a little tiny baby and a Mm two-year-old she had more tattoos on her i i mean she was fascinating to look at let me tell you she had massive tattoos all kinds of pierces her hair was very uniquely colored and and designed and um i was looking at her of course i love people Mm -hmm. i love people and i love to look at the dynamic of what made her 
the way that she is. And so I strike a, a little conversation with her, and her little two-year-old is grabbing candy and completely out of control. Uh-huh. And her baby is crying, and she's flustered. And you can tell life is not working for right. this woman. Life is not working for her. Mm-hmm. And I strike up a little conversation. And of course, as soon as I do that, all four of my kids are like, gone. They're yeah. like, oh, brother, here right. goes mom again. Right. <laughs> right. And we don't want anything to do with it. But, but I continued to talk with her. And Jason, you know, it was really amazing. I asked her about things that were important to her. Mm-hmm. I asked her about her tattoos. I asked her to tell me why she did what she did. I picked up her baby. And, you know, it was really amazing the Holy Spirit said to Tammy, she doesn't look like you on the outside, mm-hmm. but she's just like you on the inside. Wow. How, what a word picture. Yeah. You know? It really wakes you up. Listen, if you're <clears throat> just joining us, we're visiting with Tammy Maltby, author of Confessions of a Good Christian Girl, The Secrets Women Keep and the Grace That Saves Them. And uh, Tammy, how can people get a copy of, of your book? Just go on Amazon? Amazon.com okay. is great. Christianbook.com. Okay. Ask for it. It's at Barnes & Noble, and it uh, should be at any of the local Christian bookstores. And um, But yeah, it's it, it, my heart and desire with Confessions of a Good Christian Girl is that we learn to enter into the lives of other people. Like this woman standing in line that was so different on the outside, but she knew fear. Right. She knew when life wasn't working. I knew those realities, yeah. too. And so we have to press past what we're familiar with. Mm-hmm. We must become a, a familiar with the unaccustomed ways God shows up in our lives and be willing to enter into the lives of people that are different than us. Because in the heart, we are the same. Right. We're struggling for meaning. Mm-hmm. We're struggling for purpose. We're struggling with sin done against us. Right. We're struggling with our own sin nature. And as we enter into the lives of other women, and we're willing, as you said, to tell our story, mm-hmm. be willing to unveil ourselves to reveal Christ. We must be willing to share the intimate parts of our story because that's the healing element that God then takes and puts it into the life of this woman in the grocery store mm-hmm. line that was nothing like me. But as we walk out of the grocery store, she walks up to me and she said, would you just hold me? Right. She said, I think that's the most encouragement I've ever had yeah. in my life. And that's that's what we all really need. Yeah. Just like God, we got to look past the externals, you know, red, yellow, black, or white. Yeah. He doesn't care. Now, we're going to come back in just a second, and I want to talk about uh, having you sort of minister to the many wives out there who not only like you have a bunch of kids, but are struggling with a husband who are, right. you know is making some poor choices. Uh, we're visiting with Tammy Maltby. Uh, you may be thinking, where's Mike Janung today? Well, Mike, <laughs> poor Mike, please pray for Mike. He's got laryngitis or bronchitis or some kind of itis, and <laughs> so he needs your prayers. Uh, certainly lift him up, and he'll be back with us hopefully in a couple weeks here. Uh, but if you haven't heard yet, we are having our first ever retreat, and we would love mm-hmm. to have you come join us. It's May 18th through the 20th in Florissant, wow. Colorado, up in the hills, and we're going to get together and talk about relationships. And so we're glad to have the entire Healing for the Soul uh, staff there helping us out. We're going to be having worship with Cisco Tercero, and it's going to be a great time. For more details, you can go to uh, healingforthesoul.org and click on the Services tab and go to Retreat for the brochure and all the information. But Tammy, you know, there are I have so many clients right. whose wives, like you, have got a, a house full of kids. 
And, you know, uh, and you could probably speak to the whole excuse about I, 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 don't, I don't have time to take care of myself. You know, because mm-hmm. folks, if you if you're in studio with me here, Tammy uh, is obviously very beautiful on the inside, but she's very beautiful and very taken care of on the outside <laughs> as well. Thank you. I'll take a great <laughs> job. I'll take it. I'm 46. Absolutely. I'll take any compliment I can. Well, you would not believe that if you're sitting here li- uh. where I'm sitting. And Tammy, you know, you've done a great job not only taking care of your kids, but of yourself. And I mean, isn't that isn't that what we have to do? You know, we have to take care of ourselves first. It's kind of like when you're on the airplane and you fly a lot. Oh, you know, yeah. what is they what is the first thing they say after they say put your seatbelt on? If the cabin should lose pressure, right. an air mask will drop out of the, you know, <laughs> I was a flight attendant you. for 10 years, <laughs> okay, so I actually right? know that line. And so who do they say to put it on <laughs> first, uh, yeah, uh, you yourself. or your kids? Yeah, That's you got to right. put it on yourself. That's right. So you've taken care of yourself. And look, there's nobody that can ha- hold a stick to you when it comes to uh, being busy and having responsibility. Yeah. And you don't seem to be making those excuses. So talk a little bit about, uh, about self-care mm-hmm. and about, you know, what is it like to have to juggle all these balls and still kind of keep your head above water. Mm -hmm. Well, I do think that women have a very hard time today Mm -hmm. dealing with all the demands upon them. Mm -hmm. The expectations for women are just absolutely out of control. In fact, I wrote a chapter in Confessions on I'm Never Enough. Mm -hmm. It's a chapter that deals with I'm never enough for my kids. I'm never enough for my husband. I'm never enough for God. Sometimes I feel like I'm never enough for myself, anybody. And so it's coming to terms with the reality of who is putting all those expectations on us. Mm -hmm. Usually it's us. Mm -hmm. Usually it's a society that tells us that we need to be thinner. We need to be smarter and we need to be richer. We need to have smarter kids. I mean, it's just, it just goes on and Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. this sense of constantly comparing ourselves with other people and other women. And to me, probably the greatest snare for women that I see is that that comparison issue. They look at another marriage and they say, well, if I just had that marriage, mm-hmm. I'd be happier. Right. Or if I was just married to that man, I'd mm-hmm. be, a, or if I wasn't married at all, right. <laughs> I'd be a lot happier. Right. But the truth is contentment is a choice that we make every day Amen. to learn to be content. The Bible says godliness with contentment mm-hmm. is great gain. And mm-hmm. so we have to look at our lives. We have to make choices. Mm-hmm. I do think as women, we have to stand up and say, I, I will not believe the lie mm-hmm. that I I have to be everything to every person. I ultimately have to find my value in who I am in Christ, that Mm -hmm. I am his daughter, that he loves me, because people will disappoint us. You know, we do, um, in Aspiring Women, this uh, television show, we did a survey for women from the ages of 25 to 65, and we gave them a list of about 80 things they could choose from the number one issue pressing into Christian women's lives. It was everything from financial things to um, sexual addiction issues to um, aging bodies, aging parents, teenagers, parenting, you know, health, whatever it was. The lots of choices. And Jason, the number one issue women said, by far, in fact, number two was way down the list. Mm -hmm. The number one issue Christian women said they were struggling with was the issue of disappointment. Mm. They didn't believe their life would turn out the way it did. Mm. They didn't believe their marriage would be the way it is. They didn't believe when they had children that they would rebel or that they would get sick or... 
that they would be 45 years old and still single. Right. They didn't believe life would turn out the mm-hmm. way they thought it would. Mm-hmm. Disappointment. And one of the things I talk a lot about is disappointment is God's appointment mm. with you. Mm. Disappointment is the moment God is saying, I am here. Mm-hmm. I am beside you. I don't just watch you in your suffering. Mm-hmm. I come beside you mm-hmm. and I suffer with you. I yeah. come alongside you mm-hmm. to bring you through this process of suffering, mm-hmm. to create my character in you. You are never abandoned and you are never alone. No matter yeah. what disappointment your listener is dealing with, no matter what the level of disappointment is, right. it is God's appointment with them right. to deliver them into an ulti- ultimately to an intimate relationship with him. Wow. So he still pursues us in our disappointment. So therein lies Absolutely. a choice. Stay disappointed and live in that. Right, in the bitterness of that. Yeah, get better. Or, you know, there's that sin reaction you're talking about. Uh, We feel like we've been hurt, so we go to these places. Or, going back to your initial story of the girl who's being searched for, Mm -hmm. respond to your father's voice as he's calling out to you. and, And saying, hey, there's a better way. I value you. Come to me for for meaning in your life. Well, listen, we're glad to have you uh, with us, uh, Tammy. We're going to be visiting with Tammy next week when we come back and talk about her book, Confessions of a Good Christian Girl. Thank you, Tammy. Hey, this is great. All right, see you next week, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of The Blazing Grace Show. We trust today's broadcast helps bring you closer to God and to what God desires for your life. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported mission intended to help listeners around the world. Your support is vital in keeping that mission alive. We ask you to prayerfully consider sending a tax-deductible gift to Blazing Grace. It would be gratefully appreciated. You can send your monetary gift to Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 625. Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. That's Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. Want to learn more about Blazing Grace? Find us on the internet at www.blazinggrace.org. That's www.blazinggrace.org forward slash radio HTM. On that page, you'll find a downloadable copy of this show, or you can visit oneplace.com under Ministries. Look for Blazing Grace Radio. If you want help resolving a sexual addiction, you can reach Jason Graves toll-free by dialing 877-590-SOUL. That's 877-590-7685. In addition to Jason Graves' counseling, Mike Chenung has a book out. Mike Chenung's book, The Road to Grace, Finding True Freedom from the Bondage of Sexual Addiction is available at www.roadtograce.com. The book guides those who struggle with sexual addiction to a place of finding the abundant life of Christ. There are also sections for wives and recovery for marriage. Desire for a specific subject to be covered on Blazing Grace? Tell Mike Janung what you want covered. You can email Mike at Mike, the symbol at blazinggrace.org. We look forward to sharing more blazing issues and grace-filled answers next time. Thanks once again for listening, and may God shine His grace upon you.